The Aldis Podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our ServiceNow series, where we interview the best and brightest of the industry to share their story, advice, and views on the exciting world of ServiceNow and digital transformation. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer at Aldis and co-founder. I hope you're doing really well. You're listening to the Aldis podcast as part of our ServiceNow series. I'm very, very happy to welcome Andy Ho. Andy is the VP of Learning Experience and Innovation at ServiceNow. Andy, thank you very much for being a guest on our podcast today. Thank you very much, Mark. You are ServiceNow's leader for learning experience and innovation. Would you mind telling us a little bit of the types of projects your teams are working on at the moment? And before we actually ask that question, would you give me a little bit of an elevator pitch just about you and your journey to now? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, Mark. So I've been at ServiceNow, I'm going on my 12th year. It's been an amazing ride to see where the company's come from. 300 people sitting in an office, two stories, just trying to get things done from an IT service management standpoint back then and where we've come to today. We are often referred to as the platform of platforms by CIOs and other folks at companies that utilize our platform. My journey has always been in the training world. As you mentioned, I've been in charge of our content in the past, and now I'm in charge of our learning experience and innovation for ServiceNow. It's been a great ride across just watching our company evolve from having one instructor-led class, one certification that we've had in the industry during year one, and then to evolve it to dozens of instructor-led classes thousands of e-learning and online on-demand courses that we can have for our customers. So it's been a great ride all along the way. I've always been on the training side. I'm always interested in how people want to learn, what's their experience like when they're learning about our platform, features, functionality, those sorts of things. Tell us a little bit about your role day-to-day and what does it involve? I have actually a very unique role, I think, not just at ServiceNow, but I think in the industry. When I talk to a lot of other leaders that are running training programs, and I do this, I do this through LinkedIn, I do this through other associations that I'm a part of, whether they're uh, it's ATD, TSIA, uh, SEDMA even. A lot of folks that are in, I would say, my industry in cloud and enterprise software, VPs are mostly running businesses. They're running the go-to-market as far as content and training and delivery and the training operations. It's not often you get an individual that gets to focus on the innovation side of our business and to really figure out what's beyond somebody standing in front of a classroom with 10, 20 students or whether doing that online or whether they're creating something on demand, something asynchronously that somebody can take it at their leisure on their mobile device or on their their computer. So it's not often that somebody can sit around and think about what are different ways, not only the formats, but the methods and the different types of platforms, whether it's leveraging AI, machine learning, the big buzzword these days is the metaverse. Like, what does that mean for training? Some people talk about it in terms of playing games or watching movies. How does that affect your ability to learn? Or I should even say your desire to learn. And so I think it's a fascinating opportunity. I think it shows that us as a company, that we're 
We love innovation. It's the heart of and part of the DNA of our founder, Fred Luddy. And so the fact that we have an innovation office, the fact that we also focus on it from a training standpoint is something that it's been really fun the last year. I often get people telling me that you have an ideal job, you have a great job, you have the dream job. And if I had to write down a description for my job, this would probably be it. So I'm very fortunate to be able to do this day in and day out. Which, which is great, you know, and I'm sure you earned the right to be in that position as well throughout the time. And, you know, you've been with the business just over 11 years now. What keeps you super excited and passionate about the work that you're doing? Yeah, so I've actually I've been in training for over 25 years now. I've started I've done almost every part of the business. I started off as somebody working in support uh, about learning products, and then I worked my way through delivering and then development. So I, I understand the different parts of the training business. It's not just getting to come to work at ServiceNow every day and within the specific team that I'm in. I, I think no matter where you are, no matter what industry you're in, uh, the more I read about the great resignation or the great attrition, or some people even positively spin it as the great re revitalization. When you look at studies that are out there, and there, there's multiple places, you know, like I've been on a little bit of a McKinsey kick that these days where I've been listening to some of their podcasts and blogs, but it's throughout multiple consulting firms as they, as you dig into why does somebody go to work every day? Why does somebody show up and do what they do? It, not just in training, but in, in any type of role really comes down to the culture that you're in, the people that you're in. If you don't enjoy the people that you work with, the people that you work for, your peers at your company, the people that you're interfacing with day in and day out, you won't stay. I think it's as simple as that. Now, on top of that, for me, so that's just the table stake. I love the people that I work with. I think there's, it's the best environment. I, I don't think, sometimes it seems like hyperbole when, when people are out there saying, oh, we're the best company to work for. Or we're on this top 10 or top 100 list. It truly is part of the DNA of our company. I think it starts with your founder. Thankfully, our founder is still active within our community. But I think, yeah, it, it boils down to that culture. And then, and of course, what I get to do, I think, to be able to think about how people learn, what they want to learn, and, and I think most importantly, why do they want to learn something? I think asking why often it's a tenant of design thinking, and it's not just for project management or for prod products. It applies to training as well. If you figure out why somebody wants to learn something, you have their, you have them at your fingertips, and you can provide them all kinds of avenues to be able to get the skills that they need to be able to do the work that they want to do and have a fulfilling career doing what they're doing. Yeah, and I genuinely believe that people in general, and again, I've 15 years in the staffing industry, people just want to succeed. They want to go to work. They want to feel like they're accomplishing something. And it's actually more challenging to go there and waste time and feel take time off because people want to be engaged around a bigger why and a bigger cause. And it can become challenging if you don't have that bigger vision that people roll behind. Tell us a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing. I know we, we touched that at the start of it, the metaverse. and But what are you seeing in, in the world of learning? Because over 25 years, things must have changed very quickly in the last three to five. Yeah, the, uh, without talking too much about the technology has enabled us to do so many things. The fact that 30 years ago, in order to find something out, you had to go to a book, you had to go to a library. What's interesting when I showed up at a college campus with one of my sons the other day, 
And there's a library. What are people doing in the library? If you need something, you can just Google it. You can search it these days. So notwithstanding this, the technology that's available, I think even more recently, I mentioned the why about what people, why do they want to learn? And I think it's really, it does come down to the skills that people need. You just mentioned like, what is, what's going to make somebody successful? Why do they want to learn what they want to learn? Skills-based learning is definitely a trend that we're seeing these days. And yeah, in the, it, you want to be certified with these things, but e even that particular aspect of the learning process, I'm taking a class, I learned something, now I got to prove it to you. Even these days, some of the, the trend is towards just showing the skills, showing that I'm able to do something. It's not, you know, uh, I'll take, for example, in our industry, we have system administrators for ServiceNow. Those system administrators, most often, especially the smaller the company it is, they are doing a lot more things than quote unquote system administration for ServiceNow. They have a lot more skills than administering our platform for their company. They have all these other skills that they want to learn and prove that they know how to learn them. So the idea of micro-skilling and micro-badging and this sort of spot learning and training, definitely a trend that we're seeing. And I think the ability to not only create the training that affects these or allows these people to learn, but to recognize them for it. And I think I'll just I'll take a quick example here is, a lot of times training is features and functionality based. I always use a car analogy for this thing where it's, if I'm going to teach you how to use a car and oh, he, here, Mark, here's a steering wheel. Okay. The steering wheel turns 180 degrees to the right, 180 degrees to the left. This is how you turn. This is features and functionality training. To move towards skills-based training is, what do you want to do with this car? Are you just driving to the grocery store back or are you a race, are you F1 race car driver? depending upon what you want to do with that car and that's the way I need to teach you how to use that steering wheel changes. And I should be recognizing you separately for, do I know how to drift through that corner or I just know how to take that corner nice and slow. So I think the idea that people want to be recognized for their specific skills, not just a broad umbrella of developer, implementer, that sort of thing. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. When you look at some of the challenges that have emerged in the new world that we're in, tell us about how you're seeing them and then maybe specifically to ServiceNow too. Great question, Mark. It is about keeping people's attention. I, I purposely slow down my my the pace of which I answered that because we move so fast these days. People want to do things so quickly. Uh, so I think it's the ability to grab people's attention. Social media does this almost too well. In fact, they do it too well. They harp on sort of the dopamine effect for folks to be able to draw them back in. But even though a less intimidating example is in the gaming industry, right? Why are people addicted to gaming or why do they love it? And not only why do they love it, I watch my kids when they play new games, they love to learn about it. They love to 
go to their Twitch, go to Twitch, go to Discord, go to their chats to figure out how to use a new character, how to leverage it with another one. How do they play together with two people, three people, four people, eight people? So I, I think with that, that we see in society, the way people are learning, the way people need their attention grabbed, definitely a challenge that we see in training. To ask somebody to sit in a five-day, 10-day class, the thing of a passive, we decided that really early on in ServiceNow that none of our classes would be more than three days. Yeah, and granted, you need to be in training for a longer period of time. Yeah, if you get in a plane, you don't want to know that your pilot just learned how to fly the plane just watching YouTube videos. You want to know that they had 10,000 plus miles or hours in the air. So yes, of course, training needs to be what I consider a lifelong love. You want to make sure that you know, my challenge, not just today, but I think the challenge has always been, no matter what industry you're in, what technology is done, is to develop a love for learning for your people. And how do you do that? You do that through, you use that, you use technology to your advantage. You use other people to your advantage. You use you know, what they have at their disposal to help them learn how to love. You get a lifelong learner, you will have, you will not need to worry about your business or what type of content you're putting out. People will want to learn from you. Yeah. And when you take that into consideration, you know that you have to be very specific and how you roll that training out because of all the different digital distractions that we have, because you know, you're up against them at all because we're not living in this vacuum. So how do you do less better? Oh, that's a great question. And I think just in terms of what people are trying to do today in this sort of macroeconomic environment, people are definitely, companies, leaders are definitely asked to do maybe not more, but it's even do the same with less money, with less people, with less resources available to you outside of the company. I think there's a couple ways that it's nothing new, but I do feel like something that our team has started to tap into is the idea that, number one, you, obviously prioritization, I think is huge. But one thing that a part of our program here at ServiceNow and Learning Innovation is the idea of crowdsourcing. Now, this happens fabulously. I just mentioned the gaming industry. It's amazing. When you want to learn a new skill, you want to learn something from a new game, you don't go to the manufacturer to watch their YouTube video. In fact, I don't even know if they do that. Which, which like I just mentioned my kids, what they do is they crowdsource the learning, and they crowdsource the training amazingly. People get paid millions of dollars to create content. And at the end of the day, whether you're training or marketing or document, you're creating it's the it's art of creating content. You're in the business of, of doing that. And back to your question about creating, doing more with less. If you don't have as many people on your team, you don't have as much leverage the people that are in your community. Come to start to build what we're calling community-created content programs. If you come into our Now Learning platform, which is our platform where people come to learn, we have authors in there that don't work at ServiceNow. And they talk to us about what it is that's important to them. A company might build a car, but they're not the ones driving it. There's millions more people that are driving it versus the thousands that might have built it. And so leveraging, there is more out there. It's just finding that more instead of the less that are at your company. It kind of ties in nicely to my next question about how do we support the community 
because the community are evangelical about their support, always adding so much value about it. You know, so how do we best use those community members to support students and your team's effort to help them learn? All kinds of ways. Now, I'm not part of our community team, our capital C community team here at ServiceNow, but we work very close with them. We're almost tied at the hip as far as, because at the end of the day, we have an audience. We have a community of folks, lowercase c even, of folks that want to learn about our platform, that want to be able to, like you said, evangelize about what we do. Uh, we have our platform in the community to be able to allow them to answer questions, to meet with other folks, to communicate with other folks. From our standpoint, we'd like to add a little bit of that learning flavor to it, that training flavor. It's manifests itself in many different ways. Yeah, I've just mentioned Q&A. One great way that you can leverage that community is mentorship. People that have already paved the way oftentimes love to talk about what they know. And so why not give those people a megaphone, give them the opportunity to be able to share what they know and the different formats. It's online through a community platform. It's through a now learning platform, like a learning management system or a learning experience platform. It's through even places that that are not traditionally training platforms like Discord and Twitch. I know our developer community leverages those really well to be able to reach more people than they could in a traditional environment. Also answering the other question about less with do more with less, leverage the technology to be able to reach more people in the same way that a lot of other industries and people in society do today. And I love the way you're so purposeful around that because to achieve the goal, and to have 250,000 within an ecosystem in a short period of time, the only way to do that is to get everybody on board, you know, and sharing the message and really kind of being conscious of that. Yeah, so no doubt by the time this podcast is out, we have our Rise Up campaign with ServiceNow. It's the idea that just what you said is the reason why we have what we call amplifiers in our community is to take people with anything that they know about our platform, or even the industry in general, enterprise software, is to be able to give them that megaphone to amplify their voice through all the different types of outlets that we have, through social media, through our platforms, our learning platforms, our community platforms, the different ways that people are going to learn on their phone, through what you and I are doing here in this podcast. People are listening to us. So many different avenues these days to be able to reach different audiences reach audiences that might have never even heard about ServiceNow and to be able to expose them to it, to give them the skills that they need, to make them a part of our community here. And that's definitely something that we're striving for, that we've always strived for over the years. And even when I was here with 300 people thinking, am I going to go to a party and somebody's going to know the name of my company? Here we are today, well-known brand, um, competing with big companies. And if it were up to our CEO, Bill, we, we're going to continue to fly. So looking forward to the next couple of years. You've been listening to the Aldous podcast, part of our ServiceNow series. My name is Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer and Co-Founder of Aldous. Today, I've had the pleasure of speaking to Andy Ho, and he's VP of Learning Experience and Innovation and Development at ServiceNow. Thank you so much for your time today, Andy. Thanks for having me, Mark. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldous Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.allthis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.